Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I am your host today. After hitting Tony Finau outright last week, I have been granted the host seat. <laughs> Rick Run Good has ran away. He is at the RSM Classic, boots on the ground. Everyone be sure to follow him. But welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I am joined by the Take Smith himself, KP, Kyle Porter. How are we all doing? I'm good, Patrick. That was that we were arguing about who was going to host this podcast. What you just introed was better than any of the 400 intros that I did uh, back before Rick was on this pod. So congratulations. You're already better at it than I ever was. Stop it. You're, you're gassing me up right now. And it, it's probably only going to go downhill <laughs> from here. We already have a comment in from Joseph Boza, LMAO. Patrick is in the captain seat. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm laughing too, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's gone well so far. Hey, what are you? You're just drinking out of a uh, like a, a big coffee yeti type mug. What 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 is your afternoon drink? Uh, strictly water, strictly water. I've been trying to cut back on the coffee. I've been drinking probably like three to four cups a day, mm. which I don't love. Um, so just a lot of water for for this old cat. What is yours? So been- are you a tea guy? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I've been going, I, I, I too am trying to cut down on coffee and I've been going tea in the afternoon. It's been delightful. Green tea? No, it's like, uh, I usually go with like a spice, like some sort of chai or spiced or something like that. Okay. I don't, I'm not really, I'm not deep in the tea game. My wife is like, here, just drink this. Which is always sounds dangerous and weird, but uh, I don't. I just don't know very much about teas, like I do coffee. Yeah, so there is a point in time in my past life where I was on the bench in consulting, which means you don't have a client, so you're just kind of like twiddling your thumbs a little bit, meeting people in the office, networking, and I was like diehard green tea addict um, because I read like one news headline once that it was like it could extend your life 10, 15 years. You didn't even read the article, just the headline. No, didn't click it. Um, I don't think it was true, though. <laughs> that, that's one of those things where the, everything online, it's like, oh, drink one glass of wine every night and you'll live to be 180, like Bryson. Mm-hmm. And then you find the opposite article that's like, drink, drink one glass of wine every night and you'll have, you know, high cholesterol by age 22. 
Yeah, you, I don't know. You can, you can find anything that refutes the. You can find either end of the spectrum online. So I don't know what to believe. Yeah, I don't either. But speaking of drinking, Troy, let's pull up this first cut merch uh, QR code. Ladies and gentlemen, the holidays are around the circle. Use promo code FIRSTCUT20 at checkout for 20% off your first cut merch. Let me tell you, lovers will love this. If you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a sister, a son, you know what they need? They need a long sleeve first cut shirt. It's getting cold around the country. You know, if you're in some of those warmer states, we got short sleeve too. We have drinkware, everything you need. Pull out those phones, get that QR code up, first cut 20 at checkout. All right, Kyle, enough bojangling. We got a lot to talk about. It is the final event of the final swing season on the PGA Tour. Tony Finau this afternoon, WD, minor injury per his agent. I don't know if he just didn't want to show up to Sea Island. I think he heard Rick was coming. He didn't want to run into Rick Rungood, the rules official. Uh, What are your thoughts on Tony Finau out of this field and now a real wide open affair? Yeah, it is. Uh, I love the phrase lovers will love this, by the way. Have you been just sitting on that all year until you got the, the first chair? Yeah, TM, TM on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not it, it, it was okay. So, one, it's not super surprising, right? We see this all the time where a guy wins, and especially if it's a. This is, I think, objectively a lower tier event at the end of a, a long stretch. So I don't think it's surprising that Finau would would uh, withdraw. But I, I, it's a little disappointing because, you know, I, I don't know about you, Patrick. I thought he had a real chance to go four out of eight, taking it into to uh, twenty twenty three, and then all of a sudden we talked about this on Sunday on the on the first cut podcast while you were doing your uh, writing duties, but. I don't know how many guys I'm actually interested to hear your answer. I don't know how many guys I'm more excited about going into 2023 than Fino. I mean, the list is, it's like Rory, JT, Spieth. I, I, I can't, I can't think of like five guys. I'm more excited about what their 2023 could hold than Fino. And I really wanted kind of one last uh, opportunity for him to get uh, a, a fourth win in uh, in eight starts. Yeah, I agree with you. I honestly thought he'd win this week as well. Definitely bummed he's not going to play, but I'm kind of reminded of our conversation a few weeks ago where I posed a question, what would be a successful season for Tony Finau, kind of what we expect from him. And it's kind of crazy. 16 months ago, he was this guy who was, you know, labeled as a choker, can't get it done, probably overrated a bit, to be honest. And now five-time PGA Tour winner. He's been a member of the President's Cup, uh, Ryder Cup four times, um, which is kind of sneaky. I feel like we don't really see him in that light. Uh, And I posed the question when I I was doing those writing duties, could Tony Finau at the end of his career potentially have double-digit wins and a major championship? Would that surprise you if that happened? Would that surprise me? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It would be extraordinary. I mean, double digit wins in this era with a major, which one's harder? Is it double digit wins or a major? I guess it's probably double digit wins. Yeah. But he's also not, I mean, four of his five wins are generously mid to low tier. 
I mean, that's like, that's like being pretty liberal with the definition of mid. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of them is, is obviously really solid with the, the North, was it the North, whatever the first playoff event was called. It was a Liberty national. I don't know what the names are anymore, but, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like I ran the numbers, I think since June one, Rory's at 3.0 strokes gain per round and Finau's at 2.6. I don't think anybody else is over like 2.3. So he's playing at a clip that is, it's, it's, I mean, it's incredible. He's playing like the number two player in the world. Now, whether he rises to become the number two player, I, I was surprised, Patrick. He's never been past nine in the world. He's never been in the top eight. And I think his, his ceiling in terms of his gifts are that he's a, he's a top five player. I don't know if he can, I think it takes him a lot to become the number one player in the world, but no, I, I don't think it would surprise me that if he got to uh, to ten wins and a major over the next six or seven years. Here's one for you: Would it surprise you more if he won three times in 2023, or if he won a major in 2023? Ooh, um, probably a major. To tell you the truth. Uh, Kind of just what you said, given the quality of those wins. Uh, they haven't been really great fields. And we haven't seen him. I know he was in the final pairing there, I want to say 2018 at Shinnecock. Shinnecock kind with of uh, Burger. Burger. Yeah, blitzed the field there on Saturday early. Got lucky. Final group. Um, was there with Tiger at Augusta. Yeah. But outside of those two instances, has he really been there down the stretch in a major championship yet well it's weird because he's got all these top fives and top sevens but i was trying to think back on like when has he been in it Mm -hmm. even say on like the last five holes at a major and i don't i don't think there's been one that's happened a lot in big time pga tour events you think about a bunch of playoff events riviera at least once if not a couple times uh, I can't think off the top of my head. There's been several others where he's been in it in these what are going to be elevated events in, in 2023. But I don't think that's been true of major championships. And uh, But he's got the, I mean, man, his game just, it fits major. So think about, think about Augusta, especially. It's like, oh, he should, and he, he has played well there. He just hasn't really been within a shot or two over the last five or six holes. So I I think I would actually be more surprised if he won three times because I, I think what's going to happen is he's going to play. He plays more than most of the top guys, right? He plays more than Rory or Rom or or JT, Mm -hmm. but he, I think he's going to basically just play this elevated event schedule in 2023. And those are, I mean, those are going to be friggin' hard to win, right? And so I would almost be more surprised if he won three of those than if he won a major. I, I and and maybe that's more about how difficult those fields are going to be than it is about the major thing. But I, I I would be less surprised if he won a major championship. Okay, interesting. I will say what impressed me the most of his Houston win wasn't that final nine where he shot three over. I don't know if we we want to talk about that at all. Maybe a little concerning. Um, He kind of hit this like bunt single off the tee over the weekend Mm -hmm. and just mashed every single fairway. I think he hit every fairway on Saturday. 
led Sick. the field in dr- driving accuracy for the week. Uh, just, you know, laying back and letting everyone try to chase him. Yeah, which, and he talked about this. I, uh, Sean Martin had a really good uh, call or uh, gamer for PGA Tour.com on Sunday talking about how everybody was framing it, and probably including you and I, as like, oh, mentally, Finau's kind of caught up to his physical gifts. And he actually was kind of positing that it's the other way around. Physically, he's kind of caught up to where he was mentally. And what he meant by that was he's harnessed the speed, he's hitting more fairways. And I think that's an interesting idea. And I think my question is for Finau is, can you turn that on and off? Can you go to Augusta where you don't have to dial it back and just go, you know, kind of sixth gear and try to, and try to pick up a ton of strokes on the field that way. And then can you go to a U.S. Open, pull it back a little bit, hit, hit fourth gear, uh, but just, you know, hit 13 fairways or whatever. And if he, if he can play both of those games, that's, that's, that's going to be pretty special. I think I'm interested to see how that goes for him in 2023. Yeah, I agree. But first we have to finish up 2022 (laughs) PJ tour is not the only tour finishing up their calendar year. We're going across the pond to our brothers in Europe. The DP world tour championship is this week. Rory McIlroy headlines, the field world number one in the news this morning, talking about Greg Norman and live as you expect. KP, what are your thoughts on Rory's latest comments about Greg Norman and Rory's plea that he needs to step aside for the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour to eventually come to terms? Yeah, I'd love to read. Do you have? Hold on, I'll get it. I've got it right here. Uh, Okay, he said, I think from whatever happens with those, uh, I think Greg needs to go. Which is pretty straightforward. <laughs> I think he needs to exit stage left. He's made his mark. Excuse me. He's made his mark, but I think now is the right time to sort of say, look, you've got this thing off the ground, but no one is going to talk unless there's an adult in the room that can actually try to mend fences. And if those two things happen, then things can happen. But right now it's a stalemate because there can't be any other way. Hopefully something can happen, but who knows? So just firing shots at Greg Norman all over the place in every way imaginable. And I think that, I mean, listen, I I don't think it's like a hot take to say that Norman has a, has a vendetta against the PGA tour, right? Like that's sort of been an open secret in golf for 25 years. And so I, I don't think that Rory's wrong about that. I think my question and maybe this is for Rory. Maybe it's for, I don't know who it's just, maybe it's for you, Patrick is, Oh God, what, what, what is, what is getting adults in the room and talking even look like? Right. Like I, I, and this has sort of been my question all along is like, what does coexistence look like? Is it just getting OWGR points and moving on it, it, it cause we're kind of, it, it's kind of coexisting right now, right? Like it, it's sort of settled into this, like, well, we got live and we've got the Euro tour and we got the PGA tour and this is just sort of what it is. And there's this OWGR fight, but it doesn't look like it's going to be resolved soon. But we'll, we'll, like what changes if we get adults in the room and they talk? I agree. I, I don't really know what this coming together 
is going to be, right? Is it going to be like a co-sanctioned event between all three tours, like once a year or something? Like probably not. Um, so yeah, I think if everyone kind of just honestly like shuts up, deals with their own business. And if the major championships are like, yeah, you know what? You guys can, you know, come into our field if you qualify through the current qualification process or whatever it may be, or maybe they eventually go the top five players from live will gain an entry. I don't know if the world world golf is going to end up giving them OWGR points with how they're doing. I'm sure they're changing things. I've seen murmurs on the internet, but yeah, like you said, what is coexist or what is coming together since they're on two different tours now? They're on two completely different platforms. I don't see a scenario where Patrick Reed is coming back to play at Riviera or something. Do you? No. And I think I'm, re- I really am curious about this, especially as it gets further along because the coming together, Patrick, I think would have been, uh, 15 months ago where, and Rory talked about this at the JP McManus this summer, where it's like, Hey, if you've got a bunch of money and you want to be in golf, like be invested in the PGA tour somehow, I, I don't know what that would look like, but that that's coming together. That's getting adults in the room and sort of like talking through like, Hey, don't fracture this already niche sport even further, which is, which is what's happened. And, you know, it was interesting that, that, uh, I don't know if you ever read that New Yorker article about, did you read the New Yorker article about live? I did. Yeah. So in there, it talked about how a let the, the, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Al Soror. Is that right? Your guess the head, is as, as good as mine. The, the, the CEO. Head live, yeah. The head live guy claims that he went to the tour I, and I don't know how formal this was, but with a billion dollars and was like, Hey, let's, let's make something happen. And the tour was like, yeah, we're good. Which <laughs> buddy, that's like, a <laughs> I, that is one of the great what ifs. I, I don't know what happened there. I'm not claiming one way or the other, but that's a, that's an all time. What if, right. Mm-hmm. But now I think we're at the point where live is so pot committed that like the, the PGA tour obviously wants to keep them from taking Mito Pereira and Cantlay and whoever else is, has been rumored to, to be going eventually. But what is, what's, what does live have? What do they have to gain? Like what's in it for them? You know, why, why would they either shut down or full like is PGA tour going to buy them? Like that's not going to happen, you know? So it, they're in a, it's a weird spot where the, the live is so pot committed that I don't know what compromise even looks like anymore. Yeah. I, I totally agree there as well. I just, maybe it'll be like both regimes kind of have to change. Cause I mean, Jay Monahan has been pretty adamant about his stance as well, where, I mean, even if it's a new guy, not Greg Norman at the helm, I can't imagine Jay Monahan's like, yeah, let's all sit down and chat. Um, yeah, I just don't know what you chat about. I mean, you can't you can't say the tour can't say, well, sure, let's put, you guys can play on both tours. That's the compromise because then the PGA tour is over, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now we got the DP LIV PGA tour. So I'm like, yeah. That. And so you, it, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how it goes, but I don't really know what the 
sort of goal here is or even should be really. Yeah, I agree. We we'll have all all off season, all holiday season to talk about live golf. Let's get to the actual golf down there uh, in in Dubai. We got Rory McIlroy, world number one. He's played a handful of DP World Tour events this season. Still leading the race with Ryan Fox right behind him. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick's in the mix. Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, uh, Adrian Moronk. I believe those are the only guys who have a chance to catch the season or capture the season crown. Uh, John Rahm is also in the field. So it, it should set up for a great event. Probably, you know, a bit more entertaining than the PGA Tour event, I'd say, especially name-wise. Uh, what, what are your expectations for Rory coming off his win at the CJ Cup? Well, I think with where he's at right now, I mean, he's finished in the top eight in, I think, seven of his last eight events worldwide, which is which is just outrageous. But I think if he doesn't finish in the top five, that's a disappointing week, which is sounds crazy and is probably feels can feel unfair. But that's just the reality when you're playing at a 3.0 strokes game clip and you're you're doing what you've done, you know, I. I'm I'm interested in so nobody's ever won the FedEx Cup and the European Tour uh it's been called like nine different things. It used to be the Order of Merit, then it was the race to Dubai. Now it's like the season long points race presented by Rolex or so, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but nobody's ever won uh both of them both of the season long season long races on each tour. Rory's won three of each, but he's never done it in the same year. I think that's a big opportunity uh, for him and would be kind of a fitting into to his year and and how he's played. But, um, you know, there are other, I mean, John Rahm's playing like low key, great golf and Matt Fitzpatrick has had, man, one of my favorite stats this year, Patrick, is that Matt Fitzpatrick has improved his strokes gain overall number each of the last 11 years, which is, I doubt that's ever happened before he's been he's been better you, now you have to start pretty bad right like he started 11 years ago it was like a minus one and a half or something strokes gained per round and every year for the last 11 years he's improved it and i think he is he, i mean i think he's in that category of guys that i'm most excited about in 2023 just because of how much he improved over the last two years and uh, what he has a chance to do, which I think has become a top five player in the world in, in 2023. 11 years. He's been on tour for 11 years, the European tour. How old is he? Yeah. Well, he's like, he's like 29, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, let's okay. see here. I think one of the years was like, uh, like it, it only, he only played a couple events. So that played into Still. it. Let me pull it up. So going back to, so 2011, so he was in, so this counts amateur events also. So he was okay. an amateur 11, 12, 13, but his strokes gain number was like minus 2.7.6, minus 1.1, minus 0.7. And then he got into the positive in 2015 and he's improved every single year since then. Last year it was one point or in 2022, it's been 1.71. Damn. Okay. I mean, I, I know you didn't mention him in your top five most excited for, but I, I'll throw John Rahm in the mix as well. Yeah. Just given given how he, he's putting currently, obviously didn't work out for him uh, at Congaree, but man, it, I mean, if he's making putts like he has been for the past five events, it, it could be kind of similar to 21, I feel like, uh, where 
you know, he obviously had that COVID thing at the Memorial, won, won the U.S. Open in the next start. But I feel, I feel like with JT, it took a while for him to get his second major. I expect Rom to to get one this year as well. And, you know, maybe, maybe he could get this event. He hasn't played here in a while, I want to say. Um, and then also defending champion Colin Morikawa is not playing as well, yeah. I think, um, which is... That was kind of weird. Yeah. I, I think he has like a wedding to go to maybe. Uh, okay. Okay. That, that's what he's saying. Um, but it's been a pretty cold, cold past couple months for Colin in general, playing wise. Uh, has the new putting coach as well. So I don't know if I'm excited for his prospects per se, but definitely intrigued. I put him on the list of, you know, what is he going to do this year after a year where he didn't win uh, worldwide? Yeah. More cow is interesting. I, I wrote a column uh, after when, when did he pop off at uh, Trevor Immelman? That was at uh, my two, two weeks ago. I wrote a column after that saying like, he's fine. Like his numbers are, they're not, they're a little down, but they're not like worrisome. And I think it just is so emotionally and mentally difficult to come off of three years in which you've won two majors, you've won what six times worldwide, and then to not win at all. Cause you, you just, you start putting all this pressure on yourself and it's like, Oh, I haven't won. And then you start freaking out and you, and you don't, you you have to internalize and understand that like the variance swings so much in golf, right? Like he probably overachieved over those first two or three years. And now he's probably uh, like not overachieved. He was probably over rewarded for how good his play was. And now he's being under rewarded and it'll normalize. It'll balance out. Like, I think he's, I think more cow is fine. Like I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not as high on him as his two major run would would suggest maybe somebody should be, but I think he's a really good player who's going to have a really good and long career. And you, and you know else know who else has uh, has a difficult time losing me, and we will have <laughs> our best bets after the break, and we are back. I believe that's how it works. Producer Troy hit me in the chat if I did that poorly. But pull up our best bets for the RSM Classic and the DP World Tour Championship. I received the okay from the producer. We're good to go. This is this is not good to look at between me and you. You, you know what's really uh, disheartening is I hit Tony Finau last week. And... <laughs> And I think I barely, barely made money. I had him top 10, had him to win the tournament, made a dent in in this debt that I am in. Rick, the horse of the bunch, leading the way for us. But you and me, Kyle, it's up to us this week. Greg, after one show, I think he just had enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. He get he gets a pass here. He's done one show. What four four or excuse me five bets doesn't doesn't count. But you and I, we 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 need we've got some things to answer for here, and uh, it's not good. I, I think this week we'll look at it in a second. But I I leaned more toward things I thought were actually going to happen, and not trying to find value further down the board. So I don't know if that's a good or bad strategy, but here we are. All right, let's check them out. Producer Troy, put up the best bets. Here we go. Kyle, $50 on a matchup. I'll let you go first. 
Yeah, I got Keith Mitchell over Sahith. Uh, I already hate this. I hated it when I put it in. I still hate it. I, Mitchell's playing great golf, but I, I hate betting against Sahith because I don't want to root against Sahith. So I, I, I feel confident about the way that Mitchell's hitting it, um, but I'm, I don't know. I don't feel great about the bet. Okay. That is. Um, Can you talk probably- me into my own bet? Keith Mitchell, Sea Island guy, uh, two top 15s here in the last three showings. One of the best drivers in the game. Off the tee is the most predictive stat in golf. So there you go. So I hit the, the gala pretty wild off the tee. So yeah, but great short game. He's been, he's been, uh, it's been on recently. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, do you want to stand it? by it? But I don't feel <laughs> great about it. No, because then Mitchell will for sure beat him. All right, I'm going with Matt Kuchar, minus 120 over Taylor Moore. Kuchar's coming in with three straight top 30s, five top 25 finishes here in 10 starts. Taylor Moore, a bit more volatile. I think he has a bit of a lower floor. Uh, And yeah, that'll pretty much do it for the RSM Classic. We're going to move over to the DP World Tour Championship here. I'll kick things off with a finishing position. $30 on Robert McIntyre, top 10 plus 240. There's only 50 players in this field. Bobby Mack has been playing great since his win at the Italian Open over Matt Fitzpatrick. Four top 20s and his last five starts. Two of those were top 10s. T Ford here last year. He's putting beautifully. Uh, And and yeah, I expect Bob McIntyre to be on that Ryder Cup team next year in Italy. He obviously just won on that course. And, And I think a great show in this week would go a long way for him. So... KP, who do you like to finish inside the top well, 20? I've got somebody who also could be on that Ryder Cup team that is just flying way under the radar. It's Jordan Smith. Uh, he's number 81 in the world, but he's number uh, 38 in the data golf rankings. He's been lights out recently on the European tour. Uh, his finishes going back to the middle of August, T7, miscut, T12, 7. He was DQ'd at the Dunhill. Don't know what that was. I don't remember what happened there. And then T6, he won the Portugal Masters T13 last week in South Africa. So I've got him to finish in the top 20. It's not a good number at at minus 190. But again, I'm just going with stuff that I actually think is going to happen this week. That's fair. That's pretty much picking like Duke against South Carolina upstate or something. Uh, seems like you're pretty confident in that one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he, the, the, and this, this tournament's weird, right? Because it's got like seven guys that are awesome. And then the other 53 or whatever are like, I don't know, man, like they're, and then you've got these guys in the, a little bit in the middle, like Jordan Smith and Bobby Mack that are, they're not the Rory Hovland Lowry level, right? But they're they should finish in the in the top fifteen, top twenty, and it's kind of on them to to beat out the rest of this field. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd, but I, I do kind of like it more than the FedEx Cup for some reason. It's the the main guys always rise to the top here, um, like yeah. without without uh, reason. But that is Bobby Mack top ten plus two forty for me, Jordan. Sp- Smith top 20 minus 190 for KP really going out on a limb there <laughs> outrights $10 each. We both get two of them. Kyle, you're just talking up your guy. Who is your first pick? Yeah. Matty Fitzpatty. He, uh, he's won two of the last six of these. So him and Rom have won four of the last six here. Uh, and he just is, uh, 
I think he's a little uh, longer than he should be just because Rory and Rom are in the field. Uh, but yeah, I, I think in, I'll just do my second one also, because I think one of these three guys is going to win. I think Fitzpatrick, Rom or Rory is going to win this golf tournament. So I have Fitzpatrick in one outright, and then I have Rom and Rory to finish, um, one first and second in any order at 12 to one. And I, I just, of course now I'll probably get like, Hovland winning and Rom and Rory finish second and third or something like that. But I just think those three guys are going to be at the top of this board at, at the, at the end of the week. I agree. And that's why I have John Rom 22 to one to go wire to wire outside of Rory, outside of fee now outside of Pete Davidson. He's probably the hottest guy on earth right now. <laughs> For sure. He's, he's, put, he's putting the ball uh, like Denny McCarthy win T4 win in his last two showings here. I love that, especially with his tee to green game. Uh, and I, I had to give a little love to the PGA Tour and the RSM Classic. So Andrew Putnam, 40 to 1. He's made seven straight cuts, runner up at the Zozo. Uh, top 20 in strokes gain approach, greens and regulation, driving accuracy, around the green putting, his last 24. Just playing really well. Off the tee skewed because he doesn't really hit it too far, but that should not be a problem this week. So to recap, KP's got Keith Mitchell minus 130 over Sahith Thigala. He absolutely loves that bet for $50. Jordan Smith, top 20. Minus 190. And on the DP World Tour Championship, Matt Fitzpatrick, 9 to 1. Rom Rory, dual forecast, first or second for each of them, 12 to 1. And I've got Matt Kuchar, minus 120 for 50 bucks over Taylor Moore. Bobby Mack, top 10, plus 240. John Rom, wire to wire, 22 to 1. And Andrew Putnam, 40 to 1. But that is not all. We still have the money ball which we have not been doing too great, might I add, mm. like, like I guess all of our bets. But first, a word from our sponsor. And we are back. Troy, put up the money ball bets. These, these can't be right. There must be an accounting error, Troy. I, I used to work for a big four. Let me, uh, let me audit this, please, because... Yeah, it needs auditing. <laughs> it needs something. <laughs> There, there is no way I'm down. I'm one in eight lifetime you're one, in this. You're, yeah, you're, you're like Altuve in the playoffs. I mean, this Ar- is this, this is abysmal, erroneous. But this is the week we both get off the schneid. I, I like the bets that we have listed. Kyle, you go first. Yeah, I, I mean, one of us I think is gonna is going to be right. here. I think we're going to hit one of these. I just don't know which one we can't hit them both obviously, but I, I thought about there, there was one of, of uh, Rory going wire to wire. Um, I think it was like 18 to one that felt wire to wire is tough. It's, it's rare. You need some luck there, but for Rory to lead after round one, he's got the best scoring average over the last, I think it's like 10 years at this tournament. Uh, and then to go on to win, which he, it, you know, he's less than shorter than three to one to do. I think it's a pretty decent number at 12 to one. I, I, I don't, I think there's, I don't know if there's value there, but I think it's at least fair. So I've got Rory to, to lead after round one and then to, uh, to go on to win. Okay. And I, I got John Rom leader after one, uh, 10 to one. And I also, I was talking to Troy behind the scenes about this uh, extra premium play. 
Duke minus one and a half tonight uh, against Kansas. No Bill Self at the helm. He's suspended. Jeremy Roach at point guard. John Shire at the helm. So, wait, is this like t- a is this like a parlay with John Rom? It's just an extra play. We got John Rom ten to one. That's the money ball. That'll get me back in the black since I'm down three hundred forty seven dollars. Oh my gosh, Antonio. Oh my gosh. Think you know That's- a guy. Well, no, that I, I mean, it is, it is extraordinary. I mean, I've been bad, but you know, like you've been atrocious (laughs) off the wind too. off the wind with Tony. Is he, is he going to be a top five pick? No, no. He's their uh, junior point guard. Uh, He kind of popped off in the NCAA uh, last year, but went, went to Paul, the sixth Catholic in Fairfax County, Virginia. Sure. I represent. Just, yeah. On the tip of my tongue. It, does Duke have any <laughs> like super freshmen? Uh, yeah. I think they had the top recruiting class, like three of the best freshmen. They just reloaded. John Shire was always kind of the recruiting guy. Um, and now he's coaching too. I'm pretty sure he was like coaching the last couple of years too. I forgot coach K has gone. Yeah. I don't think it's really that big of a loss. Like, I, I don't think he was a great, in-game adjustment type of guy. You you think about, I don't know, the, like that Zion team he kind of underachieved with, with RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish. Um, and yeah, I, I don't want to say Coach K was overrated, but maybe. Are you, well, that sounds like what you're saying. Are you deep in the college basketball world? Uh, not really, no. Okay. Um, John, John Shire being the head coach of Duke makes me, how old is he? 35-ish. He's pretty young. He graduated from Duke in 2010. He was born in... Yeah, he's 35. He's he's older than you and younger than me. Okay. Um, damn. You're 55 years old, Kyle? I'm... Yeah, me and <laughs> Scheffler are both in our 40s. <laughs> um, I kind of want to watch this game tonight now. Yeah, there, there's a couple good ones. Kentucky, Michigan State, too. Sink your uh, teeth Duke, in. Duke has four freshmen, or excuse me, seven freshmen on their team. That's that's a lot, I feel like. Yeah, but they also got Jeremy Roach, which Paul the Sixth Catholic only produces legends, so I've been told. Okay, so they had the number one player in the country this year, the number two player in the country, number four, and then number 22 and 20. They had five top 30 guys. Damn. That is, I mean, that's Duke pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to watch this tonight. All right. We'll, we'll recap it over the long break. It is the last PGA tour event of the year until Kapalua with Mark, Mark Wal- Rolfing on the call there. <laughs> Kyle, you got any other thoughts before we wrap this up? No, it was a fun one. Uh, miss Rick, but uh, I, I had fun with you, Patrick. Did a great job. And uh, I, I'm the, the RSM is, it is what it is. I think it's fine. I think it'll be better served as like the sort of play your way into the, the uh, elevated events to, or the, uh, whatever the, the, what am I trying to say? 
play your way uh, into like having status for the following year, that kind of tournament in the fall next year. But I think the, I think Dubai is, is going to be great. I I'm excited to see Rory and Rom uh, excited to see if Fitzpatrick can win three out of the last seven uh, DP world tour championships, which would be pretty crazy. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of golf. Should be a good one. Good one to wrap up 2022 before we get into, you know, PNC hero, father, son, that's the PNC. I'm thinking of another one, QBE. Uh, but yeah. And then the holidays, of course, Kyle, one last question. What are you most thankful for? Wow. Uh, what am I most thankful for? Um, probably that I like this moment, probably getting to work at home and just walk like 30 feet inside and get to hang out with my kids and read to them and spend time with them. Okay. And also getting to cover speed playing golf. (laughs) Those two things. It all comes back to speed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where, where did that question come from? That wasn't on the, that wasn't on the rundown. It's Thanksgiving next week, you know. You got yeah, what about what about you? Uh, health, family, the usual. Um, okay. Yeah, pro- probably the parents. So probably my parents still. Most thankful for okay. them. Good support system in the McDonald household. But as your host, Patrick McDonald, you can find me on Twitter at Amateur Status. This might be the last time I ever host this podcast. So tell your friends <laughs> about it or don't. And for my friend colleague the take smith kyle porter you can find him at kyle porter cbs this was the first cut podcast thank you